Welcome to the Nasrud Podcast, or Nasrud Talks About Movies, a place where movies are discussed. Friends, today is a monumental, epic, big effing deal because of the fact that I was able to interview the great Lloyd Kaufman, president of Troma Entertainment, a company that has been around for 45 years, kicking ass, independently making the most gnarly fucking amazing art you can imagine to come out of the cinema. Lloyd is a legend. And when it comes to filmmaking and indie filmmaking, uh, and and certainly with with me and my friends, he's a, he's a he's a hero, and he he will be the first to say, no, I'm not a hero. I'm a I'm a subway sandwich or something. But he he truly is a hero. And so if you're listening to this and you don't even know who I am, you're just listening because of Lloyd Kaufman. I welcome you to the podcast and uh, just listen to this amazing conversation. Um, one thing I have to say is I have never done a Skype interview before on the podcast. You know, I've interviewed a few a few people here and there, but I've never done a Skype interview. So right at the beginning, there was some technical issues and stuff, but we managed to, you know, start recording. And the thing that kind of sucks about it was, you know, uh, I wanted to be able to be on mic. So at least my end of the audio sounds good. But then I wasn't able to do that because I had to just I, I panicked and I unplugged everything. I was like, Lloyd, d- don't worry, I'm I'm I'm. I'm gonna, you know, fix this. So I managed to fix it, but what you're hearing is just the raw audio of my Skype conversation with Mr. Kaufman. And listen, if you're interested in filmmaking, if you're interested in just crazy, amazing, unforgettable art, this is the conversation for you. But especially, I mean, if you're interested in filmmaking, I mean, I will say... Uh, his book, Make Your Own Damn Movie, and the video series, Make Your Own Damn Movie, and just him, he just oozes knowledge about filmmaking, and he's really just one of the most open guys when it comes to his knowledge, you know, like, there are filmmakers that they 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 get big, and then they become selfish with the knowledge that they've accrued throughout the years, not Lloyd Kaufman, Lloyd Kaufman has always been very open with what he knows, and what he thinks, and he's just an amazing person, and with, so, you know, enough of me, Let's talk to Lloyd Kaufman. Let's record here. And okay, Lloyd, yes. why the gap between uh, volume one and volume two? Uh, because uh, volume two is a separate movie and you can't make two movies at the same time. Yeah. Okay, Lloyd, right? listen. Yes. I, I planned this whole thing. And everything got fucked up. I apologize. But I just no, wanted no, to say, it's not your fault. Yeah, this is a huge deal for not just my podcast, but for me. With my clique of friends out here in LA, we're all independent yeah. filmmakers. And right. make your own damn movie is like sacred text to us. So the fact that you're doing this is, you know, it means a ton. And you're, you've always been so open with your knowledge and with everything. So I thank you a million times, Uncle Lloyd. Well, I thank you for uh, being uh, interested. Yeah, uh, awesome. So thank you. Okay, so listen, so Lloyd, I wanted to ask you one thing. So I know on Poultry Guys, you guys shot on 35mm, right? Yes, Matt. Okay, so how, and then with uh, Return to Newcomb High, you guys went to digital. What were you guys shooting on? Uh, Alexa. Alexa? And Oh, yes. wow. Oh, nice. That's heavy duty. So then... How has it changed uh, your your production methods and stuff with with digital now? How has it changed? Um, well, um, the Alexa camera was very expensive, uh-huh. and uh, as a result, we couldn't have three cameras. When I was shooting thirty five millimeter, I had three cameras because our equipment uh, is a hundred years old and. 
we could afford, you know, we got very inexpensive deals. So I had three 35 cameras. I could have two cameras for for um, scenes and then a crash camera for sun, you know, stunts and car crashes. Uh, with the Alexa, I only had one camera. Uh, and every once in a while, we would supplement it with a, a red camera or something. I'm hoping for the movie we shoot this summer. Shakespeare's Shitstorm? Uh, Yes, sir. I'm hoping we'll have uh, another. We'll have the uh, that the price of Alexa cameras has come down. Also, I don't know if you are aware of a company called KitSplit. KitSplit.com. It's an Airbnb for film equipment. Right. And you can get uh, Alexas there for about twenty percent of what an equipment house will charge you. Oh, nice. You can get everything. You can get any kind of video or, or movie equipment. Or uh, and uh, it's like if you own it. Do any? Do you own equipment? Um, no, my DP, we just shot last week, like, the first story of my horror, horror film, which is, like, three horror stories, and my DP right. owns a red, so we've been shooting on that, and he has some gear and stuff like that, so I've been really... Well, when he, the idea of kit split is when he's not using his equipment, when it's sitting there, uh, he can rent it out to people and make money, oh, yeah, nice. and, and uh, like, you know what Airbnb is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Same thing, except that they have a very cheap insurance, so if you uh, uh, rent a... Uh, a red from your friend, uh, the uh, people who rent it uh, required to get insurance, and the insurance is a really cheap uh, deal because KitSplit, K-I-T-S-P-L-I-T dot com, has a big volume. Uh, they're in the West Coast and the East Coast. Did you guys ever bust good. out like a 5D for anything? A what? A, a Canon 5D? Or it uh, was all we have one. Yeah. yeah, it's good. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, so one question I wanted to ask you. In one of the scenes in uh, Return to Nukem High Volume 2, you're wearing this amazing Tupac outfit. Where did you get that? Uh, it, uh, a Christmas present from uh, one of my daughters. Oh, yeah? Oh, nice. It's it's amazing. So listen. Oh, how, thank you. I'm yeah, a fan of Tupac. I like Tupac. I love Tupac good, as well. Yeah. He's a prophet, you know. But listen. So he was. He was a prophet. You're right. He yeah. was uh, a uh, right, you know, a shame. He and uh, Biggie too. Yeah, for indeed. So, how is the 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 business right now treating trauma in terms of like streaming and this and that? With all of the changes, you guys are still fucking around. How are you managing? We're not. It's the business has never been worse. We're very famous. I get stopped in the street every day, but at least once or twice. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I get stopped because people think I'm Mel Brooks and they want to take a picture with Mel Brooks. But sometimes I get stopped because I'm Lloyd Kaufman. Uh, but we're making no money. We, uh, unless you're a partner with uh, one of the vassals of uh, one of the conglomerates, Naz, uh, you aren't going to make any money. Yeah. But, I mean, you guys, it's been 45 years. 45 years, yeah. has it always been like this, like just a constant fight? No, it's always, well, it's always a constant fight, yes. But there were uh, rules in place when we began that prevented uh, monopoly. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a rule that prevented the conglomerates from uh, controlling the movie theaters. That was called the Consent Decree of 1948. That went away under Reagan. So that meant that the uh, theaters could all become consolidated, and that's what you have now. You have American multi-cinema and Regal and a, a small number of independent uh, movie theaters. And that's where we play. When I direct a movie, those are the theaters we get, like Alamo Draft Houses and out where you are, Lemley, where we played Lemley Theater. Uh, but, uh, you know, we can have, whereas in 1980. 
when the Toxic Avenger opened, we had about 2,000 screens, not all at the same time, but we could open in New York with 50 screens, we could advertise, we could compete, but not anymore. Now we get one theater if we're lucky. And we can't advertise. We can't advertise. I mean, we can if we want to lose a lot of money. I remember as a kid, like being in the supermarket and seeing a VHS of Toxic Avenger and just looking at it and just being like, oh my God, what the hell is this? Like, yeah, they used, to, they used to keep it in the vegetable department. I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, take me back. Okay, so you were in, you went to where, Yale, Well, Yale. Yes, sir. And yes, sir. you went, you, uh, among other people in Yale at the time was George W. Bush and uh, he, Oliver Stone. He, he was in my class. Wow. Oliver Stone I met in second grade. So oh, yeah. we grew up together. But uh, Bush I never met until uh, my, never saw him at Yale until I had the 25th reunion. And then we, uh, they, he invited our class. We had to pay for it, but they invited us to take a train down to Washington. And he had a little reception. I've got my 50th anniversary of Yale coming up. What do you call it? Reunion. And, um, and uh, Bush is going to be there and give a... A Q and A to for the class. Oh, nice, nice. So that'd be kind of history, whether you like him or not. He's still a president, yeah, and yeah. Uh, compared to what we've had uh, recently, uh, he's looking pretty good. Yeah. What What led you from Chinese studies to the set to like to being on the set of Rocky, and you know, taking this path that your life took in terms of cinema. It was a mistake of going to Yale University. I was going to be a teacher or a social worker. I was going to, you know, it was the 60s. We were, um, uh, you know, we were sort of, uh, the value system was uh, about peace and love and make the world a better place. And so I thought I'd be a social worker or a teacher, teach people with hooks for hands how to finger paint, uh, teach bums how to paint pictures of, happy faces on beads and string the beads together, you know, that sort of stuff. But when I got to Yale, I was put in a room with a movie nut, and he ran the Yale Film Society, so I started, uh, and he was a good guy, so I started drifting into the Yale Film Society. Uh, you know, it was all boys in those days, so, you know, I thought maybe I'd get lucky and find a nice, hairless young boy to uh, go home with. And um, I suddenly started looking at these movies. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a, as a film director. I didn't know that Charlie Chaplin also wrote and directed his movies and wrote the music for them. I didn't know any of that. I knew nothing. I didn't really go to the movies. I was, a, I was a, a brought up in the theater world. My mother was a theater buff and, uh, and uh, actually had a lot of theater people in our home. So I met people like Celeste Holm and a lot of Broadway people would live, come and come to my mother's parties. Oh, wow. And um, and I loved Broadway musicals, but I never expected to go into entertainment. And then uh, I started watching these movies that uh, my uh, roommate at Yale would uh, present at the Yale Film Society, and movies by uh, Chaplin and Keaton and John Ford and Howard Hawks and Samuel Fuller and Fritz Lang and, and, and Robert Bresson and Stan Brackage, the most uh, important uh, of them all. And uh, blah, blah, suddenly I started uh, getting uh, uh, hooked on cinema. I determined I didn't want to uh, teach the uh, bums to paint happy faces on beats. Uh, 
I wanted to film the uh, people with hooks for hands who are face painting. And uh, made some movies at Yale, and, uh, uh, and I wanted to make feature-length movies, and right from the start, uh, uh, my roommate and I, he directed a movie based on a Nathaniel Hawthorne short story, Rappuccini's Daughter, and then I made a movie there, a feature-length film called The Girl Who Returned, and Michael Hers and his beautiful wife, they were at Yale, and um, what Michael was, it was all boys. Uh, and his wife-to-be uh, was visiting him, and he has a cameo in The Girl Who Returned. Uh, and then um, I can't just and then Oliver Stone started, uh, he was trying to write a novel at the time, and then uh, he hung out with us, uh, and uh, when I started making uh, 35-millimeter movies, he, uh, well, actually, I made Battle of Love's Return, Battle of Love's Return, which uh, has been put out now on uh, a label called Show Masterpiece Theater, which is sort of like 2001, uh, whatever that uh, comedy thing is where they make fun of the movie. Oh, yeah, Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, anyway, Show Masterpiece Theater, you can find it on uh, on Choma's channels. Nice. Uh, but anyway, Oliver uh, helped me on that movie, and he's in it. He has a cameo, and he wears a fur coat. And then uh, we made Sugar Cookies, and Oliver was Oliver Stone was one of the producers, and one of the characters is named after him. And uh, we were quite close, and uh, he got into movies because of me, and it turned out he's a genius, a filmmaking genius. Yeah. He was a sh shitty novelist, but a, a, <laughs> one of our greatest American directors. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Lloyd, I have to ask you, so is Toxic Avenger the thing that put trauma on the map? Um, I don't know. Um, uh, certainly, Toxic Avenger is the only movie that we've made that uh, has been made into a Broadway musical or uh, a musical that was shown in the West End of London, which is the equivalent of Broadway. Right. Uh, Toxic Avenger is the only movie where a young boy's head is squashed by the wheel of an automobile that was made into a delightful, environmentally correct children's uh, Saturday morning cartoon show. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think Toxic Avenger is the only superhero that is in every medium. Musicals, movies, cartoons, uh, toys, action figures, every... I don't think the other superheroes, as famous as they are, I don't think they have all those uh, media. Uh, so it's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess Toxic Avenger is our most famous... Uh, if you go with people, if you go to people in the street... They might, they probably haven't heard of Troma or Lloyd Kaufman, but most likely they've heard of Toxic Avenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that kind of, and you know, Toxie's our Mickey Mouse. He's on a. Lloyd? Lloyd, can you yes? hear me? No. Oh, now I can hear you. Can you hear me now? Okay. okay. Yes. Okay, that's that's sorry about that. Yes. Little technical snafu. <laughs> Yeah, keep going. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, I hear you. Okay, cool. Keep talking. So I wanted to ask you, uh, how did the cartoon come about? Because I was a kid when that came out, and I loved it. Uh, we don't know. The cartoon just happened. Uh, the uh, people who were uh, making the toys uh, wanted to do an environmental toy, and... Um, Somebody told them, check out Toxic Avenger. Oh, yeah? But nice. they obviously never saw the movie. And, uh, 
they went and made the toys anyway. I guess I don't. I honestly don't know how it all happened, but it did. And boy, were we lucky. Yeah. And the cartoons are great. Cartoons are terrific. We can't take credit for them. Uh, although Jeff Sass and I wrote some of them, but uh, it, uh, it, it's it's Kami Wolf. Uh, they got great writers. There's one of the cartoons that has a little bug in it. It's very funny, and the bug is like Roseanne. And uh, it's the funniest of the. It's the cartoons are great. The writers worked on Laughing, and you know, they worked on a lot of good American comedies, uh, TV shows, and uh, they did a wonderful job. And the uh, same with the musical. We can't claim credit for it. Uh, Joseph uh, Di Pietro and David Bryan. David is the uh, keyboard guy for uh, Bon Jovi. Uh, they did a great job. They mainstreamed uh, a movie that is very underground. You know, they, they mainstreamed a movie that has people getting their arms ripped off and people fucking and getting head squashed by wheels of automobile. They made it into a very, very amusing, witty. Uh, the songs you go out of the theater singing them. I mean, it played on the it, it, it played on the West End of London. That's again, that's like Broadway. In fact, there's a movie. I'm going to Chicago tomorrow because um, Broadway Video uh, has produced a movie about that. No, a movie version of the uh, like a live uh, per, per, recording, not recording, a live filming of the uh, the, the West End London musical of Toxic Avenger. And they're going to premiere it in Chicago on uh, C2E2, which is a convention. I guess uh, I don't know if it's I don't know what it is. I think video games and pop culture. You know, it's a big deal. It's a big convention. And uh, so there is now a movie of the musical, which Broadway Video. I think that's Lorne Michaels' company. They are uh, the uh, I guess the producers and distributors. I guess. Let me ask you this, Lloyd. Is a remake, like a big, slick Hollywood remake, inevitable for Toxic Avenger? Have you been approached for something like that? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, Akiva Goldsman and his team have been uh, trying to uh, put together a, a big budget uh, remake of the Toxic Avenger. And right now they have uh, the, the director of Sausage Party, uh, uh, Conrad Vernon. Oh, nice. But uh, so far they have not succeeded in uh, bringing it to... Uh, to life, oh, yeah. but they're trying. Yeah, hey. The Kiva Goldsman, I just saw something about him. But he produced, uh, he directed uh, one of the Batman movies where you see Robin's nipples sticking through his costume. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's a big time Hollywood guy. Oh, yeah. But, and maybe they'll get it together, maybe they won't. Don't know. Yeah. Uncle Lloyd, I want to ask you, any movie recommendations you've seen lately? Anything cool? Anything that like caught your eye or anything? Uh, Death of Stalin is very good. Oh, I was about to see that. Yeah, I heard that. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah it's very, you know, it's terribly British, but it's, uh, uh, you know, it's sophisticated and it's satirical. And Jeffrey Tambor, who's been blacklisted, as you know, they, they let him, they didn't cut him out like they did with the, uh, the, uh, the gay guy from... Uh, House of Cards, yeah. right? They cut him out of that other yeah, movie, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think it's great, great that they let Jeffrey. And Tambor's terrific in Death of Sound. Yeah, he's and so guy. is uh, Porchisi, or the guy from uh, uh, Fargo. Uh, what's his name? Porchisi. He's a funny-looking guy. Yeah, he's terrific. Yeah. I mean, the cast is great. Uh, Michael Palin from uh, from uh, Monty Python is in. It's a wonderful cast. Yeah, it's yeah. great. 
Now, Ensemble. Yeah, and Uncle Lloyd, I, I know you got places to go and you've got a busy schedule and you're the busiest man in, in Hollywood and New York and all that place. Um, I'm, the I, hardest, I'm the hardest working man in the underground. You most certainly are. You're a hero to all of us. I want to ask you advice for young filmmakers. What should they do? What do what's your, just your big, best advice you can give them? Well, first of all, I'm not a hero. I'm more of a grinder or maybe a Bialy or bagel, but uh, not a hero. Uh, grilled cheese sandwich with tomatoes more probably my style. Uh, my suggestion would be if you want the Oscar and you want the hookers and you want the cocaine and all that lifestyle, driving Rolls Royces that you don't own and living in mansions that uh, get uh, eavesdropped by uh, detectives and all that, you got to go out to uh, California and somehow work your way up the food chain. And uh, the, 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 most of the mainstream, is, in my opinion, is disgusting, but some of the greatest people in the world uh, are in it, too. Uh, James Gunn is a wonderful person. Uh, I've spent a lot of time with John Voight. He's an, ideal, he's an idealist and uh, trying to figure life out. I mean, they're great people in the mainstream. It's just only about one half of one percent, and the rest of the scum of the earth. Um, but if you want to live in a refrigerator carton and... Uh, take the, uh, the the route that I've chosen and live under the overpass of Route 95 uh, and share bath salts with some bums around the corner, uh, you do uh, you can do that anywhere because the good news is you can make uh, digital movies now for under $5,000 and they can be damn good. So you don't need a lot of money to make a movie anymore. Yeah. But you can't live off your art unless you are uh, 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 hooked up with uh, one of the vassals of a conglomerate. Uh, so I would say to thine own self be true. Uh, that would be my advice. Uh, a, to thine own self be true, a phrase coined by one William Shakespeare, who uh, wrote a bestseller called 101 Money-Making Screenplay Ideas, otherwise known as Hamlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Speaking of, well, you're making a movie, aren't you? Making yeah, a movie? yeah. I'm making it. It's it's weird. It, it, it's crazy how everything came about. What happened was, a couple months ago, I got acting work in a SAG commercial, and because it was SAG, I got a ton of money. And then so then what? I used the money to shoot one of the short stories that. What was the commercial? commercial? It was for Huawei. You know that Chinese phone. Yeah. Yeah, Huawei. I was in it. I'll yeah. send you a link. Wow. It's it's a goofy commercial. I play like yeah, a stand-up comic I'd or something. To, I'd love to see it. That yeah. sounds great. But Lloyd, as I make this flick, I would love to show you as I go and stuff like that. I, I really got great footage. I feel really great with what we got. Wonderful. You know, well, I'll be in I'll be in Los Angeles at the end of April. So talk to Hayden, and uh, maybe we film something. Oh, nice, can... nice for sure. And also, uh, Lloyd, I have to say, the making of documentaries on your DVDs are the perfect, like, you know, homework for someone that's about to make a film, low budget. You know what I mean? It, they're they're well, amazing. That's why we make them. It's for students. Yeah, it's yeah. all about uh, trying to show young people how hard it is to make a trauma movie. And uh, I think that uh, Poultry in Motion, Truth is Stranger Than Chicken, I, I think that's worth a year of uh, of NYU, right? Yeah. I mean, you charge eighty thousand dollars now for a year of NYU yeah, you're film not school. Because I remember there was a period. You know, I never went to film school. I I just sort of taught myself. 
And there was a period where I just went on a trauma binge at Vidiots when Vidiots was still around in Santa Monica. Santa Monica, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just rented every trauma film that I could get my hands on and just watched the making of docs. And it, they really are film schools in, in, in a box. Like, they're the greatest things ever, really. And I look forward well, the, to the, you know, Blu-ray of, you know, Return to Newcomb High Volume 2. Yeah, there's going to be a great uh, behind-the-scenes documentary on that one, too, awesome. called... Uh, Two girls, one duck. <laughs> nice. The w- now, um, a question. Uh, yeah. Hold on. I had one thought. Uh, oh, uh, you can tell your fans uh, to thank our fans for our fans for supporting us for forty years. We put all our movies up on the uh, Trauma Movies channel on YouTube. All the movies that we've made and distributed in forty years. We are slowly putting them all up for free to thank our fans. And then if you, if you want to see the new movies that we've made in the last two years or that we've distributed in the last two years, you go to Troma Now, which is a hot new streaming service. And it's only four ninety nine a month with the first month free. And that's where we uh, debuted uh, uh, Return to Nukamai Volume 1 and... Uh, and many and all the new movies that have come out in the past two years. Nice. So uh, you've got uh, four ninety nine a month for for Troma now, and you go to watch watch.troma.com dot com. The first month is free, and then uh, you can see a lot, and then uh, support the James Guns and the Eli Roths and the Samuel Jacksons uh, and the Oliver Stones of the future, and uh, pay four ninety nine a month to uh, help them out. And see some great movies. Yes. Some great movies by fledgling geniuses. Yes, yes, indeed. Thank you so much, Lloyd. Just uh, anything else? What's next for you guys? So Shakespeare's Shitstorm, huh? Yeah, that's what we are looking at. I just came back literally two minutes before we started this Skype session. Uh, from looking at a location for uh, Shakespeare's Shitstorm. It will be our interpretation of The Tempest. Uh, as you know, we made Romeo and Juliet uh, uh, back in the uh, 94, 1994, and James Gunn uh, wrote that one, and uh, and uh, now we're going back to Shakespeare. It's the best Shakespeare adaptation ever, and you know when this one comes out, that'll be the best one ever. So yeah. well, thank you, thank you very much, and you're not alone. The Museum of Modern Art uh, only showed they had a Shakespeare series, and they only showed three Romeo, uh, Romeo and Juliet movies. And uh, Romeo and Juliet uh, was one of them. Yeah. I mean, it's better than uh, the Olivia Hussey one, even though you could see Olivia Hussey's titties and, you know. Well, you could. You need the remote control to freeze if you want yeah. to see Olivia Hussey. But yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I, they, well, the museum showed the Zeffirelli, uh, the one you're talking about, and they showed the Baz Luhrmann, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Uh, and they showed ours, Tromeo and Juliet, at four in the afternoon, the worst playing time. But the house was full, and yeah. uh, the other the other movies, the house were hardly was half full, nice. even at six six and eight o'clock. So the public, Tromeo uh, and Juliet, in the fullness of time, may well be the best adaptation of Romeo and Juliet. You may be right. It is. It is. I I totally agree, and that's just the way it is. Troma forever, Mr. Kaufman. I love you. We love you. You're the best. 
Well, thank you so much, and we wouldn't be here without our fans. So uh, we owe it all to our fans who have done so much to get Troma movies into their local movie theaters and who have supported us on Troma Now and keep us uh, keep us going. So make sure Hayden sets up uh, coffee so we could uh, meet uh, when I'm out in LA. For sure. Thank you so much, Lloyd. It doesn't have to be coffee. You know, it could be uh, Del Taco like you did with Trey Parker. Yes, yeah, although he paid, so uh, that's still the policy. Hey, hey, I'll pay. Don't worry. I'll, I'll get you a church. Yeah, you're a nice guy. <laughs> hey, you know, no so. problem. All right, All right, right. well, good luck with your movie. Good Thank luck with the much. movie. Good. Thanks for having me on, and uh, best to your fans. Have a good one. Thank you. See you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Nasrat. Follow me on Instagram at Mr. Nasrat. Email me at nasratpodcast at gmail.com and visit me at nasrat.com for all of your Nasrat needs. And please do like, share, and subscribe on iTunes and leave me a beautiful review. And buy a Wild 7 Productions t-shirt. 10% of the proceeds go to Children Incorporated. Goodbye, you traumatic friends.